Hey everybody, and welcome back to another Wednesday, which means it's time for Wiki What Wednesdays. And welcome back everybody to another edition of Wiki What Wednesdays, the podcast series where I click on random Wikipedia articles, and I read them out loud for everybody who's listening, and even my dog, uh, because he likes to learn new stuff too. Uh, So the main point of this is so you guys will learn something that you didn't before listening to it, and I will become one step closer at winning a trivia competition. So, this is part of the Noodles on the Wall podcast. If you haven't already liked and subscribed, go do that on your favorite podcast listening platform, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever. Uh, We stream this podcast every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, with our other show being Environmental Nights, which is a podcast to help you sleep better. Um, so at some point in this episode, there will be a random ad break, but I can't determine when because I have not clicked the random articles yet. So who knows when that'll be. So just be prepared for a random less than great audio clip ad. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, there'll be a lot of mispronunciations and hopefully not so much stuttering, but sometimes you just get into reading articles and you get sidetracked with all the other articles linked within the main article, or they reference stuff that you have no idea what they're talking about, or they might be in French or Spanish or any other language that's not English, or even English, the British English, have some weird-looking words. Uh, So I'm going to try my best to pronunciate as well as as I can. And if you hear any dogs making noise, that is because all three of them are next to me, just hanging out and chewing on their toys, and Blue just wants to play fetch. So you might hear me... Throw in some stuff. Maybe you won't. I don't know how well this mic will pick up audio. I think it's pretty good at noise canceling, but you never know. So, with that, I will click the first random article for today's episode. And as the page loads, it looks like it is called Hey You Millionaires. Uh, So, Hey You Millionaires was a Chicago-based sketch comedy trio composed of James Asmus. Asmus? Uh, Hold on, Apple Apple Software wants to tell me I have an update. And back to the article. So, the trio is composed of James Asmus. A-S-M-U-S. I'm probably mispronouncing. Asmus. John Bohan and Jim Fath, F-A-T-H. 
Though all three members are originally from Cleveland, Ohio, the, the group formed in Chicago in 2004. They've appeared on the cover of Fortune Magazine, CNN.com, were twice voted Best Sketch Group in the Best of Chicago, Chicago Reader Paul in 2008 and 2009. As of 2011, the group is on indefinite hiatus. The History of the Group James Asmuth John Bohan and Jim Fapp met as castmates on Cabaret Dada in Cleveland in 2003. In 2004, all having moved to Chicago, they formed the group The Leading Brand. The group's first effort, The Unbearable Lightness of Death, was a sketch show molded into a narrative following the story of a terminally ill man named Charlie Peeler and those seemingly oblivious characters around him. It was eventually performed at the Apollo Theater in Chicago in the spring of 2005, and then in the same space that fall. After a brief hiatus, the group resurfaced under a new name, Hey You Millionaires, uh, shortened to HYM. The name was taken from their first sketch of the pilot episode of the late 80s, early 90s Canadian sketch comedy show, The Kids in the Hall. HYM's first performance was at the Playground Theater in the winter of 2007 uh -huh. and was a part of their graffiti sketch comedy showcase. In 2007, the group gained notoriety when the two when two self-produced videos were featured on MySpace, Funny or Die, and YouTube, along with a host of other online media outlets. Notable was Crazy Hank and Catching the Gay. In 2008, they performed at the Chicago Sketch Fest to rave reviews and then secured a run at the Annoyance Theater. In 2009, they were featured in a Fortune magazine and on CNN.com article about how to find a job. The group was invited to appear at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Chicago and appeared on Bob Odenkirk's Best of Sketch Fest. In 2010, the group was again invited to appear at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Chicago. They also toured various festivals and colleges. Their comedy short, Catching the Gay, was selected to appear in the Copenhagen Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. As of 2011, the group has been on indefinite hiatus. So they have been broken up for the past eight years. Uh, next is on the article is all their appearances and venues and that's blue just run around fetching uh, but the appearance and ve venues is 2005 they were in two shows in Cleveland Black Box Theater in the Apollo Studio Theater 2011 they went to Lakeshore Theater in Chicago and the Cleveland House of Blues and the Playground Theater twice 2008, it was the Chicago Sketch Fest, Annoyance Theater, Sketch Fest NYC, DC Comedy Fest, Sketch Fest Seattle. 2009 was Chicago Sketch Fest, Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, Power Fun Pub, Curious Comedy Theater, Everett College, Sketch Fest Seattle. In 2010 was Chicago Sketch Fest, The Improv, IOS, Just for Laughs, Comedy Festival, Breen Center for the Performing Arts, Powerhouse Pub, I.O., Annoyance Theater, Sketchfest Seattle, Curious Comedy Theater, Everett College, and the Copenhagen Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. 
and the directors of their two videos was Sarah Haskin and Evan Michaela. Michaela, I don't know. So that was them. Looks like they only performed at maybe two colleges. Everett and the Center of Performing Arts, if you count that as a college. I guess they're good. I've never heard of them. And it looks like only one of them has a an like a article linked to them, and that's James Asmus. Uh, I guess he he writes comic books now. So that's what that guy's been doing. Oh he's been he's looks like he's did some X Men comic books. And he, he co wrote like Runaways, Captain America. I even did a My Little Pony book. So I guess that's that's what he's been up to. Kind of a, a switch from sketch comedy. But hmm. check out Hey You Millionaires if you want to see some decade-old best of Chicago comedy. Uh, so we looks like we have enough time for another article. So let's see what Wikipedia has in store for us. Alright, so this one is a list of nas National Historic Landmarks in Utah. Uh, so this is the complete list of National Historic Landmarks in Utah. The United States, His the United States National Historic Landmark Program is operated under the auspices auspicious I should know how how to pronounce this word I don't know uh, of the National Park Services and recognizes structures districts objects and similar resources according to the list of criteria of national significance the state of Utah is home to 14 of these landmarks tying together a wide range of historic threads uh, the following uh, list Below has all 14 of these sites along with added detail and description. So the first National Historic Landmark in Utah is the Alkali Ridge. And it was designated in, on July 19, 1964 near Blanding, Utah in San Juan County. The description is a set of widely scattered archaeological remains of the earliest forms of the Puebloan architecture representing a period of transition from scattered pit-style dwellings to a settled agriculture lifestyle. These multi-story buildings and kivas have yielded high-quality ceramics and, the, and form the type location for the Pueblo II period, which was in the 10th century to the 11th century. And the landmark is shown in red on the map, which you none of you guys can see, but it looks like it is to the east of Blanding. Uh, I'm not sure what mile system they're using on the map, but it's not too far off. Maybe, uh, I don't know, 25 miles away, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, the next... Uh, historical landmark is the Bingham Canyon Open Pit Copper Mine. 
which is a huge open pit like someone just dug a reverse pyramid egyptian pyramid kind of best way or those uh steps in machu picchu i think but it was designated in, on november 13th 1966 in the oquira mountains i don't know how to pronounce that type the mountain name but it's o-q-u-i-r-r-h mountains in salt lake county uh, it is the world's first and largest open pit copper mine. Bingham Canyon was opened in 1904. Uh, the next landmark is the Bruce Canyon Lodge and Deluxe Cabins. Uh, and they, these landmark, apparently it's a landmark. It was designated on May 28th, 1987, and it is in the Bruce Canyon National Park which is in Garfield County. The Union Pacific Railroad built this National Park Lodge in 1924 through 1927. The architecture style was used by railroads for lodges across the American West with the encouragement of National Park Service. Uh, the next one is the Central Utah Relocation Center, Topaz. Designated, uh, looks like this one might be one of the newer ones, on March 29th, 2007, near the town of Delta in Millard County. It is one of 10 relocation centers for internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. The internees were mostly from Northern California and the San Francisco Bay Area and included many professional artists. The next one is Danger Cave, which might be the coolest one. Oh, I see a cooler one down there. I'll get to that one. So Danger Cave was designated on January 20th, 1961, near Wendover, the town of Wendover, which is in Toole, I guess that's how you pronounce it, County, T-O-O-E-L-E. And it's so dangerous, there's not even a description about it. There's a black and white photo and it looks like it is a cave at a 45 degree angle downwards and that's all you can really tell so that's a spooky one the next one is desolation canyon which was designated on october 18th 1968 on the green river and near carbon Carbon County, Emory County, Grand County, and Unita. Unita. U-I-N-T-A-H. County. So this remote canyon on the Green River was traversed, traversed by John Wesley Powell in 1869. Powell's expedition was sponsored by the Smithsonian Institution. That's a nifty little thing. Might be one of the oldest sites. Next one, we are halfway through this list, is Emigration Canyon, designated on January 20th, 1961, in Salt Lake City, which is in Salt Lake County. And the Mormon pioneers traversed the 
Wasatch ranged through this canyon at the western end of their trail, beginning in 1847. The canyon mouth is the location of Brigham's Young, Brigham Young's famous quote, This is the place. Didn't know that was a quote. So apparently if you say, This is the place, that's Brigham Young's famous quote. Uh, number eight on the list of National Historic Landmarks is Fort Douglas, designated on May 15, 1975 in Salt Lake City. Uh, this U.S. Army post was established in the 1860s to uphold U.S. authority in the Mormon territories and to protect overland transportation and communication lines. Uh, because they don't want the Mormons going crazy out there. The next one that I thought was cooler was... I don't know if cooler is a word, but more spooky than Danger Cave was the Mountain Meadows Massacre site. And it is the newest designated location, I think, so far. On June 23rd, 2011, it is in the town of Central, which is in Washington County. And it is the site of the controversial 1857 massacre of migrants by Utah Territorial Militia. There is a Wikipedia article on that if anybody wants to look up the Mountain Meadows Massacre. So even though it took place in 1857, it took them forever to see it as a national landmark. But number 10 on the list is Old City Hall. That was in, they designated this on May 15th, 1975 in Salt Lake City. And this building was completed in 1866. The town hall also served as the capital of the Utah Territory and was the scene of many tensions between Mormon leaders and the United States. I guess I never realized how much the Mormons hated the U.S. I didn't know there's so much tension out there. Uh, number 11, the Quarry Visitor Center. Because, of course, another quarry makes this list. Uh, this was designated on January 3rd, 2001 in uh, Dinosaur National Monument. That's the town's name? Oh, no, it's, it's just a... It's a southeast flank of the Utah Mountains. On the border between Colorado and Utah. So not in the town. Uh, but it's in Utah. It was built as part of the National Park Service's Mission 66 program of modern architectural design in U.S. national parks. This visitor center exemplifies the philosophy of locating visitor facilities immediately at the resource being in interpreted. The building was closed due to structural damage from unstable soils in 2006 and extensive works, including the construction of a new visitor center, were undertaken. So, I don't know if you can even go in this building, since it looks like they built it on bad land. I guess maybe you can. It looks like they, they updated it with solar panels everywhere. 
I guess. I guess they just added on to in 2006. They didn't make a whole new one. They just expanded. Alright, number 12 on the list is Reed O. Smoot's house. It was designated on December 8th, 1976 in Provo, the town of Provo in Utah County. The home of Reed Smoot from eight. The home of Reed Smoot from 1892 to his death in 1941. Smoot was a prominent U.S. senator best known for advocacy of protectionism and the Hawley Smoot Tariff. Which I have no idea what that's about either. I guess it was a law that implemented protectionist trade policies in the U.S. Almost done with the list, number 13 was Temple Square, designated on January 29, 1964, in Salt Lake City, the earthly center of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is what it is. Uh, it be, was begun in mid-19th century. The square's Mormon landmarks include the Salt Lake Temple, the Tabernacle, and the Assembly Hall. So that's cool. Fanboy, super religious. You go see all the all the Mormon landmarks in Temple Square. And the last one on the list is the Brigham Young Complex, which I believe we mentioned earlier this article, but is designated on January twenty eighth, nineteen sixty four, in Salt Lake City, and. The Beehive House and adjacent Lion House were the residence of the of Brigham Young from 1852 until his death in 1877. So the guy lived 25 years. As president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at the time of the Mormon settlement of the Salt Lake Valley, Young and his home were pivotal in the development of the church, Utah, and the American West. I don't know how pivotal you can be when you're 25 years old, but I guess he was super pivotal. Uh, so, so Brigham Young actually lived to be a lot older than 25. He ended up Looks like he's... I'm going to click on his article. He, he lived to be 76. He just lived at this one house for 25 years. And they said it's a national monument. But that's the end of that article. So, hope everybody learned something. You can go tell people about National Historic Landmarks of Utah. About Danger Cave. And uh, Mountain Meadows Massacre. So that's something if you want to go talk to people. Uh, I think we are at the end of this episode because we are about at that time. So hope everybody learned something between that or the Hey You Millionaires. And we will be back tomorrow with another episode of Environmental Nights. And next week will be another random Wiki What Wednesday. If you like this episode, you can also go back to previous week's episodes and listen to those. And until 
either tomorrow or next week. I will see you guys then. This episode has been a production of the Noodles on the Wall podcast. 